as we're still all in the Purim spirit, and today is Shushan Purim and Yerushalayim, it is Purim. Um, let me share an idea from the Rebbe on Purim that I shared last night by the Purim Suda in our home. The Megillah begins uh, with the words, Vayhi bimeach hu ha-melech It was in the days of Achashverish. This is the Achashverish who was the king from Haidu to Kush. Um, it would seem that what the Megillah is saying is, uh, it was in the days of Achashverosh, which Achashverosh, the one who was a king from Hodu to Kush, um, there might be more than one Achashverosh, that's the one that we're talking about. Yet Rashi, in his commentary to the Megillah, explains the wording differently. And he says, This is the same Achashverosh that was wicked from beginning till end. That the, the extra words, is that Achashverosh was the same person. He didn't change from the beginning to the end. And the question is, why did Rashi say it that way? Why did Rashi understand the Pasuk that way? What's wrong with just saying that this is the Achashverosh who's the king? Why does Rashi in, you know, enter uh, or, or just explain that idea that he was wicked from beginning to end? That's the question. And the, the answer that the Rebbe gives is based on a reading of the very last Pasuk in the Megillah. Where it says that King Mordechai HaYehudi was great, and he was Ratsui, uh, he was <coughs> accepted or or beloved by most of the Jews. Ratsui l'roiv echod, he's accepted to most of his brethren. And the question is, why most? Mordechai just saved the Jewish people with Esther. Why only most of the Jewish people? So the answer is brought down that the Gemara says that a few of the members of the Sanhedrin of which were the leaders of the Jewish people, disagreed with something about Mordechai, and therefore he wasn't fully acceptable to them. And what they disagreed was that he uh, remained an officer or a minister of the king. And they felt that Mordechai was a tzaddik, and Mordechai's place is to be in the Sanhedrin, in the Jewish court, high court studying Torah. Why would you remain a minister of the king? And that's why there were some of the members of the Sanhedrin who disagreed with him, and therefore he's only accepted by most of his brethren. Most felt that he did the right thing, but some didn't. So the Rebbe says, okay, now that we know this, we have to turn the question back to Mordechai. Why did he remain a prince or a minister in the palace? Why didn't, you know, after the Purim story, why didn't he go back to his position in the Sanhedrin, teaching Torah, now that the Jewish people are okay and, and Haman has been killed, and the decree has been rescinded, and Esther is uh, known as the Jewish queen. Why did Mordechai feel it important to stick around in the palace and leave his position of a full-time involvement in the Sanhedrin and the Torah. Says the Rebbe that that's why Rashi found the answer to this question in the very first passage of the Megillah. Then when the Megillah says, Hu Achashverosh, the Megillah says, Achashverosh remained a Russia. Don't think that because Achashverosh had Haman killed and he instated Esther, that means because Achashverosh uh, did tshuva, now it become, he became a kind and moral and, uh, and uh, Jew-loving person. Achashverosh is a Russia. You know, the uh, circumstances, for, you know, changed, so he had Haman killed. But Achashverosh is still a Russia. And Mordechai knew that very well. And being that he knew that, he knew he can't go back to the Sanhedrin. He can't go back to the, uh, to the yeshiva and learn all day. He has to stick around the palace as long as he's able, because someone has to be there, because you never know with the Russia what's going to be, um, and what, you know, where we have to be uh, cautious from him next. And that's how Rashi answered in the beginning of the Megillah, Already the question that would come up at the end of the Megillah explaining Mordechai's activities. That's an idea that the Rebbe gives in the Megillah. But then the Rebbe goes on and says, and here's this beautiful idea. He says, everything for us is, is not just uh, an interesting uh, commentary, but it's a lesson. 
And what's the lesson from this story? The lesson in this Febrengen, that the Rebbe learned from it, is that just like Achashverosh, we're told here, he's bad. And even when he has good days, it doesn't matter. He's still bad and we have to be cautious from him. The same is the opposite of that is when we talk about a Yid, when we talk about a Jew who has a godly soul. Sometimes we think about ourselves and we think, yeah, I have a godly soul, but I've had lapses in my connection to Hashem. I had bad days, I had, uh, or bad weeks, or bad months, or bad years, and my connection is not as strong anymore. And sometimes even, it goes further, as the Rebbe said in the Febrengen, that I may not even have been born uh, or raised with Yiddishkeit and with Torah and with mitzvahs with my connection to Hashem. So my connection is sort of, uh, it's a broken type of a connection. Says the Rebbe, that just like when it comes to evil, we say, Hu the Rachashverish is a Russia, he's evil from beginning to end, even when he has good days. But essentially he's bad, and therefore we have to be concerned and, and watchful because he's really a bad entity. With the, with the neshama of a yid, it's the exact opposite. A yid has to know he's really connected. And even if there are days when it seems that there was a lapse in the expression of that connection, so it's a lapse, but that's not who he is. He's really good, and therefore the minute a yid wants to connect, and, and wants to learn Torah, and wants to do Hashem's will, and wants to do mitzvahs, then he has to understand he has all of the all of the energies and whatever is necessary to remain connected and be a strong, steadfast yid and someone who is able to take that connection and affect himself and affect the world around him because he's a yid, he's good and he's holy from beginning to end. That's an idea that the Rebbe said in the Sicha. Just as an interesting footnote, um, we had uh, yesterday in the Purim Suda, we had um, a number of people, and there was one um, family that was coming, a husband and a wife and their child, and they called me yesterday in the morning that they have that their children, their son, their daughter and son-in-law is coming in from New York, and they're supposed to come in after the Purim Suda, late last night, but because of a snowstorm that was supposed to be hitting New York, they made their flight to come earlier, or their flights were canceled, and they came earlier, could they come to the Suda as well? And we said, of course, and they came to the Suda. After I gave over this Sikha the Rebbe, so the young man comes over to me and he says, now I know why my flight was canceled. Now I know why my, cha- my plans had to be changed because I had to hear these words exactly. Because many times I struggle with this concept that after all, my Yiddishkeit seems to be broken and there were so many lapses in between. So therefore, when I want to connect, am I really connected? And do I have the power of my Neshama working with me? And he said that now that I heard these words, they talk straight to my neshama. And this explains to me, he told me last night, why my flight had to be canceled, because Bashkocha Protis, I had to hear these words today. Anyways, Afrelich and Shushan Purim, a good Shabbos, and all the best.